It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Welcome back to the show. You think that uh, that Superman music, of course, is for Nicole Jokic? No, it's not. It's not what it's for. It's our friend Justin Adams from CBS News Colorado. Justin Adams TV on Twitter. Friend of the program, as local as they get. Uh, Justin, thank you for joining us and the. Denver Nuggets, obviously, with this big win last night, make a significant statement. I, I, Sandy and I talk about how in the middle of every playoff series, you will find out when one team knows they're beaten. Miami is not there. Do not no, get no, me wrong. No, no. But no, the no, no. faraway stares from Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler after the game indicated that they're fully aware of what they're up against, right? Yeah, because they just had, uh, they played against a team that just hit five three-pointers. And they ended up losing by, what, 15, 15. last night? <laughs> and, and as Sandy pointed out, in a normal NBA play, a finals game, Bam Adebayo goes for 22 and 17. He's all we're talking about. It is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, here's, here's, here's how weird things are right now, guys. All right. First of all, Bam Adebayo, right? 22-17, right? Yeah. Of course, everybody would be talking about him, number one. Number two, the Broncos just made a move to get a pass rusher. And we're not talking about him in the first thing in the we'll, show. We'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but yeah, you're right. right. It's but not right. the first thing we're talking it, about. Yeah, it just shows how everything's so upside down. But when you have the performance that you did from Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray last night, who was gifted a rebound, I may add, uh, in the final seconds. It, it landed on him, basically. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> uh, it was still an impressive performance by those guys, yes. especially when you look back in the third quarter. And Christian Brown, my goodness, man. I mean, just the way that he came in off the bench was, and we always know that he was a spark plug, but he showed it. And in every playoff series, you need that one guy who's able to show up and make something happen. Eric Gordon, game four against uh, the Lakers. You could talk about KCP, game three against the Lakers as well. Right. This would be a game that will be remembered for Jamal Murray and for what Nikola Jokic did, but do not forget about Christian Brown. That was extremely impressive. It was impressive, and it was also noticeable that many of the minutes Brown played last night came with Murray and or Jokic on the floor. And, and Michael uh, Porter Jr. sure enough, sure enough, when he moved without the ball, you're playing with Jokic, he'll find you every time mm-hmm. if you get free. And he was seven for eight, seven layups dunks out of seven, and one missed three-pointer off the side of the backboard on which he got the rebound. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know how perfect you can get. Uh, Jokic asked about Brown after the game, kind of shrugged and said, well, he's a proven winner. Yeah. Uh, and he's a proven winner, that, which shows that Nikola Jokic studies the game, knows all about his teammates, and could probably uh, tell you uh, quite a bit more than uh, most any of us would know 
uh, not only about the championship round one in Kansas, but the three state championships he won when he was in high school. I, I, I mean, he know, he's a proven winner. And yeah, that, that's what he is. And, you know, we won't get into the coach not really recognizing that for at least three quarters of the year, but we won't get into that. I, I, I want you to ask, I, I want to ask you though about Michael Malone. Yeah. Who, who, and we've been hard on him in the last few days, but he did something last night that I wish he had done Sunday, but better late than never. And I've never heard him do this before. Uh, he's reflecting after the game. He's answering a lot of questions. And at one point he was asked about game two and he, uh, Walked back, I thought, about 90% of what he had said between what he said after the game last night and what he said uh, on Tuesday in the in the press gathering. But he acknowledged that along with the plain mistakes the Nuggets made, the coach made some mistakes on Sunday night too. I've never yeah. heard Michael Malone say that after a win, after a loss, after he's blitzed players. I've never heard him also say, hey, I made mistakes, too, in game two. Sandy, it's easier to have account- or hold your players accountable when you hold yourself accountable, right? So when you go up there to the, to the podium and you say, hey, I made a mistake as well, that's when the play for you. And that also allows you to have a different voice, even at this time of year. Because guys can still tune you in know, it's the NBA Finals. But to be able to say, I made a mistake, now allows you to say, hey, I'm holding myself accountable. Now I can hold everybody else accountable, along with the veterans who have a bigger voice in that locker room as well. So it was a great thing to see. And I will say this. I know Michael Porter Jr. is having a tough series. That's, I mean, that's just the reality of this thing, right? Game two, you could definitely put it on him for the reason why the team lost. What oh, yeah. he did in the third quarter, though, several times just chasing, just chasing after the guys, getting in their way, having seven rebounds, all those different things add up. And you know that a shooter like that will eventually be able to knock down some threes. But when you have those things happen, and you also have other guys on the bench be able to come off and be able to make some plays, that's when you'll be able to win as a team. Here's one thing, guys, and I don't think a lot of people talk about that I thought was important too. Reggie Jackson, despite only having one shot, which he missed right before the buzzer in the first quarter, he came in and gave the Nuggets two really good minutes to give Jamal Murray just a spell, just enough of a breather right before the end of the first quarter. It's small moves like that. Those are the reasons why the Nuggets are up 2-1 to one because you're not able to extend your bench, give your guys some rest early on in the game so that Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic can definitely uh, close out the game in the second half. Great point. It is, and it is, it's important to note that Michael Malone has improved in that regard. But uh, now that we go into a Game 4 tomorrow in which the Nuggets could really take a stranglehold on this series. Uh, We've seen that Miami does not back off. They do not give up. They are very well coached, and they're going to have their backs against the wall. This is a must-win for them, and they know it. If you're just looking at it from a basketball standpoint, based on what you saw last night, if you're Miami, what's the counter? We saw the Nuggets counter what Miami did in Game 2. What's the move back on the old chessboard for the Heat? Time to fight. I didn't see a lot of fight from Miami. I saw a lot of fight from them early on in the game. Second half, I didn't see a lot of fight from them. They missed on a lot of shots. On defense, especially. On defense, especially. Jimmy Butler, who came out and talked about his, you know, his teammates, well, you know, our energy level and our effort was lower. If you look at the highlights of the game, we're not talking about the game itself. 
Let's look at the highlights. You see Jimmy Butler giving up on defense against Jamal Murray. You see Jimmy Butler trailing on defense. He's not. De- well, we'll see if we can. You know, those guys. Those are the things that have to change. You know, I, I, I just wanted to add to that. You're right. And I listened to Jimmy Butler today, uh, earlier, and if he didn't include himself last night right after the game, he definitely did today. I mean, that was the headline, that he took just about singular responsibility uh, for the loss, saying, I have to be better and I will be better. And I don't think he was talking about scoring more than 28 points. He was talking about his defense. Yeah, but He had two rebounds and four assists. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, uh, the four assists. Okay. Uh, you know, not that he wasn't passing, they were missing a lot of shots. Okay. That wasn't totally on him, but two rebounds in 40 minutes for Jimmy Butler. Uh, that's, that's not good enough. But it also shows that, look, let's call it what it is. The only guy really grabbing boards at at certain points of the game was Jokic. So you have to get two or three different guys there to be able to go and corral the ball, find a way how to be able to get to the basketball. I know Bam had that 22-17. and 17. I get it. But at some point, it has to be other guys who has to come in and be able to go and get those rebounds as well. So that's something that definitely has to change for Miami. And another part is, too, they got to score. They have to get some guys who can be able to knock down some threes. I think you play Duncan Robinson a little bit more. I know that you'll struggle a little bit defensively with him in. Right. But he doesn't he play gets any shots. defense. I mean, he gets some shots, though. I mean, that's kind of what you have to trade now, right? If You're not going to stop the Nuggets from scoring. But you yourself, the way that Miami has been effective is they've been affected by knocking down some three-pointers. That's really the only way they won game two. So mm-hmm. be able to get those guys in there. And, oh, by the way, if Tyler Hero can be able to go and play game four, that would definitely help you out a lot and really help out your depth and the shooting that you have. So continue to do so and see what happens in game you, four. You read these. You played the game once, and you know how coaches talk about injuries. And my sense is that he's still in phase three uh, in, in terms of recovering. Uh, phase one is a return to basketball activity. Uh, phase two is working out hard with coaches. That's the stuff you see pregame sometimes with injured players out on the floor. Uh, well before the game begins, and they're working out with coaches and uh, you know strength and conditioning guys and so on. And then the third step, which he's in right now, is contact with teammates in practice. But I heard Eric Spolster talking today, and he basically said he's still in phase three, and there's a big gap between contact and practice and being cleared to play. And he said, much as he said on Tuesday, the day before game three, he said he hasn't been cleared and suggested that he probably wouldn't be. And word for word today, it seemed like he had the same deal. No, he has not been cleared to play. And that the, the step from three to four is a lot bigger than the step to resume basketball activities and then work out with coaches and then work out with your teammates and practice, you know, they're probably not doing a lot of hard aerobic stuff today. I'm guessing they watched a lot of tape, but he didn't sound like, uh, uh, and by he, I mean, Spolster didn't sound like uh, hero was going to play at all. And I, I think the Miami players know that 
too. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I don't know how it affects him because Spolster won't, won't complain about it. Uh, you know, you go with the guys you have, but if they're waiting for his insertion into this series, whether they are waiting for that or not, I, I can't see him playing in this series. Well, the one thing that golf he hasn't played by well, to be honest with you, Sandy, then what they need to do is get ready to go to Cancun because uh, <laughs> if you don't have another score off the bench and Gabe Vincent, he had some foul trouble, do you trust Kyle Lowry to be, you know, your starting lineup or to have more minutes? Um, in spurts, he could play well, but in well, long he played spurts, 30 minutes last guy. night and he was okay, but you're yeah. right. That's the cap. I mean, I'm with I'm with you, That's Justin. I, I think uh, Spolster's being smart. He's protecting Hero. So if, if he were to break glass in case of emergency and throw Hero out there for five six minutes to see, and he's terrible, then Spolster said, "Look, we were just we were desperate. We gave it a shot. We knew he wasn't ready. That way, the player doesn't take the blame." I don't think he'll play Hero until he's ready, and he's clearly yeah. not close to being ready to play. That that's my reading of it. And he also hurts your team. If he if he's not ready to right. go, he hurts your team. And right. The, the he, he can't guard you, uh, any one of the three of us. He can't and, guard. and that's under best of circumstances. He's a, he's a blow-by defender. And here's the thing. We're in the finals, guys. Everything's physical. You're telling me that you're not going to test out that hand? Like, if, if I'm playing football, right, and I know a guy is coming back from an injury, you think that I'm not going to see how healed up he is early on in the game and later on in the game and continue to hit that whatever part of his body <laughs> until we find out if he's truly healthy. Well, they, gonna hit everything that I too. hear, he says the hand's still sore. And they're sure not going to play him as long as there's pain. Yeah. And not. it's on his shooting. It's he may want to play, too. but he says, he's been saying and they've been saying his hand is still sore. Yeah. I guess you can practice with a sore hand, but you sure as hell can't play with one in the NBA Probably finals. Probably not well. If We're, you're a shooter and that's all you do. We're talking to Justin Adams from CBS News Colorado, Justin Adams TV on uh, Twitter. And, Justin, I guess uh, let's move over real quick to the Denver Broncos. They make a move to sign a Frank Clark. One-year deal could be as much as $7.5 million. Of course, the Broncos have been uh, tormented by Clark with the Chiefs for years. But uh, there's also the thought process that if – the Super Bowl champs really liked what Frank Clark could do for them. They probably would have kept him. I think it's a good move for the Broncos because beggars can't be choosers, but I want Broncos fans to understand uh, just because it's a name you recognize doesn't mean it's a panacea that fixes everything. Yeah, but when you're a team that only had 34 sacks last year, look, if I had the size and strength right now, I'll go and get a contract with the <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, it, it was – it was to a point where you looked around there, and guys, we've been so privileged the last couple of years that even though the Broncos have been terrible um, from a record standpoint, we always knew that there would be some sort of pressure that would get after the quarterback, right? Like, we knew that for the last seven years, even though they get into the playoffs, you knew that, okay, some sort of pressure would at least get into the face of the quarterback. 34 sacks last year, guys. I mean, that wasn't there. Once Bradley Chubb was gone, there was nothing else that was there with this team. So yeah, well, in order to help out the other pass there. rushers you have on this team, you got to go and make some sort of move. So Frank, Frank Clark being there on a one-year deal, always a prove yes. deal. Yes. I love those type of deals. Too. And, yes, he's not the same guy he would have been, obviously, with the Kansas City Chiefs. But like you said, Sean, beggars can't be choosers. And right now, <laughs> the Broncos are begging, begging for some pressure, especially if you want to be Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert and whatever quarterback Las Vegas ended up throwing out there. So you got to make sure you go and get a pass rusher. All right. Dalvin cooks, 27 years old in a fourth year of a $63 million deal. He signed in 2020 Vikings, let him go save $6 million in cap space 
in the process. Adam Schefter reports that the Broncos are among the teams interested in Dalvin Cook. Explain this to me. I'm confused because uh, P. Ryan is healthy and uh, the Broncos uh, insist with increasing vehemence that Javante Williams will be available not only for opening day but for the start of training camp. Uh, what this is saying is that when you say that you're interested in a guy like Dalvin Cook, you're pretty much telling the world that uh, Javante Williams is not 100% healthy because anybody looks good in helmet and T-shirts, in, in t-shirts but exactly. you actually have to go exactly. put the pads on yeah. and you have to take some punishment. And, oh, by the way, this will be a run-centric offense. Just look at where you put the money in in free agency with the offensive lineman that you signed. Um, you're pretty much saying, hey, we want to go and make sure that Javante Williams is 100% healthy and he's not there now, and we need to get some more explosive players on offense. Now, is Dalvin Cook still that same guy at 27? You can make the argument he's at the end of his prime, so if you do get a chance to grab him, now would be a good time, but I could see him going back to uh, Miami, especially when he went to Florida Me State. too. Yeah, exactly. It, I think Miami's a much stronger yes. uh candidate for Dalvin Cook than Denver would be. I mean, the only connection with Denver would be George Payton. Yeah. That's, right. that's, you know. And, Sandy, I could make the argument, Miami would be just a better situation overall. I Absolutely. Mean, better team. Roster. Better like, team. <laughs> that roster is primed to be able to go up against Buffalo. And you look at the AFC East, I get it with New England, but at the end of the day, it's looking like it's Buffalo and Miami. New England has a bottom drive. five roster in terms of yep. talent, don't you think? Oh, they do, and thank God they finally have an offensive coordinator who's a little bit nutty, but at least it's an offensive coordinator. But when you look at the Jets, you say, okay, well, how about the Jets and their defense? And look, Aaron Rodgers is there. Well, all that is fine and dandy, but when you have to take on teams that have Josh Allen and what he presents on offense, and also their defense as well with Von Miller, he's going to be back next year after coming back from a torn ACL. And oh, by the way, you look at Miami and all the different moves that they made, my goodness, if their quarterback tool just stays healthy, they have a great shot to be able to go far in the postseason. So I would say if you're Dalvin Cook, your best shot is to go to Miami where you have Tyreek Hill, you have Tua, you have so many different pieces around. It will only help you out on offense. He is Justin Adams. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, Justin Adams TV, CBS News, Colorado, of course, everything going on there. Uh, Justin, always good to talk to you about this. Uh, the Nuggets uh, Back in the 75-76 season, won two games in the ABA Finals before losing to Dr. J and the New York Nets. This is the closest they've been by the time we talk next. Uh, not only may they be closer, uh, maybe they'll even bring home the trophy. Thanks so much for all your insight. Hey, I appreciate you guys. And the best part about what you just said, Dr. J, he's like in his 70s and 80s. Brother ain't coming back on the court, so the Nuggets should be all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. They can't foil him this time, at least. <laughs> Justin, thanks so no, much, Justin. Not only do the Heat not have Dr. J, they don't have John Williamson either. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people old enough to remember that series will remember John Williamson, who, along with Dr. J, led them back from a 23-point deficit in Game 6 and provided us from seeing what we have never seen and I don't even think we'll see it in this series, and that's a game seven for the NBA title in the Mile High City. I right. think Nuggets fans could live with that. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. All right. See you guys. All right. Justin Adams joining us. The game, of course, comes up tomorrow, and uh, if you want to get involved in that again, well, you can. So bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, if you use promo code Mile High, you can score up to $250 with their first bet bonus, which means win or lose, They'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code 
mile high. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code mile high and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The Nuggets in that 75-76 series had a pretty terrific two-man game two with Dan Issel and then rookie of the year, David Thompson. Both guys cheering on this Nuggets squad as we speak. And with all due respect to those two luminaries, both of whom numbers are justifiably hanging in the rafters, the two-man group of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, even better and leading them to unprecedented heights. We talked about the Broncos. What could Frank Clark bring to the Broncos? And for Dalvin Cook, I'll tell you why he won't be coming to the Broncos, at least if I was Dalvin Cook's agent. Next on Mile High Sports. She said, I'll turn you on, son, into something strong. Play the song with the foggy break. And go call With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 